Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you take your 2022 Nissan Frontier camping, you can tow along your most spacious RV and enjoy all the sounds of nature. But if you went with a basic mid-sized truck with less towing power... You may just hear. Dad, rain's coming in the tent. With more standard towing than the Tacoma, you and your RV can set up camp anywhere but basic. Leave basic behind with the 2022 Nissan Frontier. Now get 1.9% APR financing for up to 72 months on 14 models. But hurry, there's limited availability. Contact your local dealer for inventory information. Shop NissanUSA.com. 2022 Frontier versus 2022 Tacoma. Base models compared. Towing capacity varies by configuration. See Nissan Towing Guide and Owner's Manual for additional information. Based on manufacturer's website. For well-qualified buyers. On eligible new Nissans and dealer stock. Example, 1471 per 72 months with no down payment. Actual down payment may vary. Subject to credit approval and residency restrictions. Dealer contribution may affect price set by dealer. See dealer for details. Ends 9622. Night Nation, Trace Trucco here. Welcome in to the Sons of UCF Live. Some breaking news off the top to share with you. Plus, we're catching up on football recruiting with former UCF quarterback Ryan Schneider. And we are answering your questions in the Suns mailbag. Move over, Jimmy Kimmel. There should be a bowl game named after these guys. Let's welcome in the Suns, Adam and Mike. Gentlemen. What's going on, Trace? I think uh, behind the scenes of the Suns UCF Live here, this is the first time ever that a guest was uh, at the show before two of the hosts. Uh, so I can't wait to bring Ryan Schneider in. He's uh, maybe more prepared than all three of us combined. Who knows? Yeah, I told him that he took more notes today than he did the whole time he was in college. So, And he agreed with me. I'm looking forward to hearing what is on those notes. Uh, some news off the top, uh, Local 6 here in Orlando reporting that men's basketball player C.J. Walker recovering from injuries that he sustained in a jet ski accident in Lake Down near Windermere in Central Florida. It is an accident that Local 6 reports uh, that claimed the life of his 17-year-old cousin, Jeffrey Barksdale, who uh, passed away in that accident. CJ reporting that as well on his social media. As you remember, it was Walker, we said just a week or two ago, who had thrown his name in, still in the hat for the NBA draft. So thoughts, prayers, and condolences to CJ Walker. That's some rough news uh, to come out uh, this Thursday afternoon. And no easy way 
to move along in the show after talking about that. But uh, some big news this week for UCF. And in the terms of a big donation to the university, $40 million donation from Mackenzie Scott, ex-wife of Amazon founder Jeff Bezos. I thought at first when I heard big donation, I immediately thought UCF Mike. Yeah, usually I'm responsible for these. I can't take too much credit for this one. Uh, didn't see it coming, and it just went to random schools. We just happened to be one of the lucky recipients for this. $40 million, we'll take it. But, I mean, this kind of just makes me think these SEC schools, Big Ten schools, they get this every year just for their TV contract. And we're happy to get it one time. Very grateful, and hopefully we can use it for a lot of good things going forward. Is there a new McKenzie in town? <laughs> Is that, is that what we're doing here? Uh, here's the funny thing, too. I think it's on uh, – basically, there's no ties to it, right? So it can be used any way the university sees fit. I'm sure there are some stipulations somewhere in the contracts of these kind of things. Curious to see where UCF allots some of this 40 mil. Um, I think that will be interesting as we follow it. But uh, definitely a, a generous donation. Um, and, uh, you know, $40 million, that's that's Ryan Schneider money. So that's, that's big time. Yeah. That's for academics, though. I don't think it can be used for sports, right? It's just uh, it's just for academic pursuits at the university. But still, that's a good donation that can pave the way for others. Not a lot of football news besides, of course, uh, recruiting. But you guys, did you see the video of uh, tight end Al Collar receiving the full scholarship from Coach Malzahn, uh, breaking it to the team along with him uh, during uh, Wednesday meetings with the team? Pretty, pretty exciting moment for him. Awesome. Awesome for him and his family. A walk-on. We had a walk-on on our show this week and Ronnie Weaver. Those stories are always cool. Guys that just believe in themselves and go all the way and then finally get the full scholarship. You see the reaction. You see him calling his parents and telling them about it. How can you watch that and not get a little emotional? Yeah, I think I feel like though the announcements have really fallen under Gus Malzahn. I mean, we had Greg McRae who had UCF PD come in. We've had other guys under under Hypel and Frost. This was just like a hey, stand up, you got a scholarship. I'm gonna need Gus to step it up. I need I need puppets. I need some sort of circus puppets. fanfare next time. We need we need more fanfare around these announcements. You just can't stand them up in a meeting. We need we need something else. Maybe just the finger. Huh? Every one of his photos, which, the which finger. One? Which one? <laughs> He's just always pointing at guys. Uh, seems to be his. No, he, so I, he had one of these the other day, which I, I don't know what he was. Maybe Atlanta. I'm not sure what that was supposed to be. He's got a lot of this. I don't know what's going on. Maybe horns. We, that's we, horns down, right? Was that a horns down? No, horns down would be this trace. Uh, he, it was more of an A situation. Uh, I don't know why I'm flashing signs here on the TV. Uh, but yeah, I need more excitement out of out of these next time. I need fireworks. I need something out of this. Come on, Gus. I think it was a Popka guy. I think they used the same hand signal as the Atlanta guys. But uh, what do you want? A hot air balloon or something for the next one? We got $40 million. We can't get one? <laughs> we can't, no. We can get a lot of booms with $40 million. Boom. Got to, got to, well, not that kind. We saw the trouble Arizona State's gotten in with recruiting. Let's <laughs> keep that money away from the recruiting trail. Uh, two former UCF players uh, in the notes uh, for the pros. Yahoo Sports saying, Shaquem Griffin might be participating in Broncos minicamp. Of course, I thought he was going to ink with Jacksonville when uh, Shaquille came over to the Jags. And the Chiefs ink former UCF offensive lineman Wyatt Miller. So a couple of guys uh, looking to reconnect in the NFL. I, I thought Shaquem would, uh, would be back by now. Yeah, I mean, you think Jacksonville ends up being a natural landing spot. Maybe he gets a practice squad type invite at some point. Um, 
you know, he, he's definitely got the speed, I think, as an edge rusher. He, he proved himself a few times uh, uh, with Seattle in, in that kind of specialty type role. So you, you got to think there's a, at least an option out there to put him on a practice squad. And good for Wyatt Miller. He's bounced around. He was with my Cowboys for a while. He's with the Jets for a while. I think he's with the Bengals for a cup of coffee. So good to see him staying in the in the league. Obviously, the, the Chiefs' uh, offensive line was a priority for them this offseason after losing the Super Bowl. Uh, so perhaps he gets a crack at being a, a swing type of player off the bench. Um, with Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback, it sounds like a pretty good spot for an old lineman. I saw an update today. I don't know how accurate it was that Shaquem and the Broncos were not going to come to a deal. So I think he's going somewhere else now. Uh, you know me. I hope he lands on the Giants. But anywhere in the NFL, if he can catch on somewhere, he gets a shot somewhere. He can make some, an impact. Special teams, rushing the passer. You know what his specialties are. And somebody will give him a shot. Hopefully he can prove himself. Yeah, let's hope for Shaquem that he lands somewhere. Typically Tuesdays on my Twitter, at SignPez, I ask a big question that gives us something to talk about on Thursday. And I broke it up over two days this week because there's been a lot of talk out of the college football playoff announcement with proposed changes, at least in the UCF Twitter sphere and social media and message boards. How much credit does Mike Oresco deserve? How much credit does Danny White deserve? So I asked that question of Mike Oresco, AAC Commissioner resoundingly 86% said just a little, a lot got 14%, but there were a lot of comments like JP Gilbert, our friend JP, you left out a 0% as an option. Uh, and at Barning Night, I think UCF did more individually than the conference ever did to promote it. How did you vote? A little or a lot? How much credit does Mike Oresco deserve for this push and the changes that we're seeing? It's got to be a little because I don't think that he was the driving force behind this, right? We, we clearly saw that he did not have the power to get the quote-unquote power five commissioners into a room to talk about this. That was obviously something that happened of their own volition. So I think it's a little. And I think a lot of this too is going to be the the scars of Oresco not uh, really responding to our national championship claims, uh, really not having UCF's back in a lot of fans' eyes during that period of time. So I think he's going to continue to have the blowback from that. But there's no way you can tell me that Oresco got the other five commissioners to do any i don't think he could probably get them all at the same restaurant at the same time let alone get them to agree to, to let him in the playoffs so i think it to say he did nothing is probably foolish but i think it's uh you know he was at the mercy of the uh the powers that be um and i don't i don't know that he was able, ever going to be able to do much to change that we we talked about it for years he never was very vocal when we were going on our undefeated run never really had our backs then um you know, he, he came on Mark Daniels' show last week, and he was giving UCF all kinds of credit, naming players all over the place. But where was that three, four years ago when we actually needed it? There was a time in 2017 where both us and the Cows were undefeated, not a peep about us in the rankings and how we should have been higher, they should have been higher. And, and now it's, I mean, now that that playoff is out, he wants credit for it. I mean, give me a break. The, the guy, he, I don't know about Oresco, man. Some people got his back. Some people have excuses for him. Now, oh, what could he say? He, he could have said a little more than what he actually did. You know, that what could he have said and that he works for all of the universities and the athletic departments, right? Not just for UCF, but he could have embraced UCF more in 2017. And, and then when it was Memphis's turn or Cincinnati's turn, Houston, certainly he's going to push those. I, I thought then, I think now that he didn't say nearly enough and now a little come lately to it. But the next day I asked the question, how much credit does former UCF athletic director Danny White now at Tennessee deserve? And I actually am surprised by this, that uh, a lot got 61%, but I would have thought it higher. And it does seem like within a certain percentage of the fan base, 
that once you've left UCF, we saw it with Scott Frost, we're seeing it now with Danny White, uh, perhaps the star diminishes a bit at UCF underscore defender saying, I'd only give Danny 100% of the credit personally, but he probably deserves more. By contrast, at fit to the max 24, none slash zero, which of course I didn't offer as an option in the poll, but I'm surprised that the number not higher, I do think Danny White deserves credit for the national championship push in 2017. I'm not saying it leads to everything here and that you don't need a Boise State to have done what they did years ago, but Danny White helped keep that conversation going and amp up pressure on the college football powers. Well, to be fair, Trace, I think he started that conversation. I mean, I think you heard Boise talk about it in the past and you heard, you know, some of these teams that have good years and, you know, they would say something and go off quietly. Danny was the squeaky wheel who got the grease, right? He was the guy who who, who made his claim and did not stop, continued to, to publicize it. Mike's got a banner behind him that is a direct reflection of Danny's claims uh, and, and what Danny tried to do. So I think he deserves a ton of credit for starting that conversation and not letting it die and continuing it forward. Now, again, he did not have the power to get these five, seven, whatever the number is, individuals into a room and i highly doubt they got in the room and say listen danny white's really been talking a lot we should do something here but i think he starts the conversation but i think i actually want to go back to a comment that uh real night 11 makes here um i think a lot of the second place sec type teams had much to say about this as well and i think that there there are a lot of other influences but i think danny deserves credit for starting the conversation and not letting it die and taking it to the part where it became you know he became fodder at times and you know he had an article with mike bianchi this week where he's like i'm okay with that I, I was perfectly fine being attacked personally i just i i felt like these kids deserve more really self-serving to say that now of course but i think he does deserve the ability to say he started this conversation he kept it going when a lot of others have tried and never succeeded he was definitely the loudest voice and i think the first one i heard call it an invitational and not a playoff and that's kind of been going around lately with that's what everybody's been calling it and that's what it is it's been just an invitation with the committee. We know that the bias they have, the way they set up the rankings. Uh, we were never going to get into the top four. Just like Boise was never going to get into the top two back in the BCS days. They put them at number three. Maybe they deserve to be in the top two back then. But we know when it comes down to committees that it's always going to be some kind of bias in there. And that's what we've always been fighting for. Just a, a clear path and some way to actually get in. Now it seems like it's opening up a little bit. I'll, I'll give Danny White some credit. I'm not, I think it would have changed anyway. I think money, like everything else, controls everything, and they're going to make a lot more money on 12-team playoff, and that's what it comes down to. So eventually it was going to change, and Danny was just the loudest voice at, at the beginning. I just think that it's interesting that some in the UCF Twitter mafia are now diminishing Danny White. You've seen it with the article uh, that our friends over at the Black and Gold Banneret thrown him under the bus on scheduling. Uh, he took a gamble on that. It didn't pay off. Does it diminish what he contributed in his legacy at UCF. I don't think that's a, a fair stance. I don't agree with that stance in the article, though it does appear more needs to be done on scheduling. I just think it's interesting. Does he get diminished a bit because he left for Tennessee? Would that poll be uh, 6139 if he were still athletic director at UCF? And, you know, you mentioned the Mike Bianchi article. He's still championing UCF. Now if he could only ink uh, the home and home series. You mentioned our guest who was on before Mike and I entered the green room. Why leave him waiting anymore? He is former UCF quarterback Ryan Schneider, head coach at Cocoa High School, who I invited to join us because he and his teams have been participating in these camps now, uh, not only at UCF, but at other schools. And I thought it'd be interesting to kind of peel back the curtain a little bit and talk about the experience at UCF and as he travels the state. Ryan, welcome into the Sons of UCF Live, uh, and uh, we're glad to have you on tonight. 
Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, take us into this. What has it been like to be out at UCF from your perspective? Uh, you've mentioned on your social media at Coco underscore Schneider that it's organized, it's professional. Tell us a little bit more about the experience that your kids are having at UCF. Yeah, um, you know, we did the uh, seven on seven day and it was extremely organized on point. Um, you know, Coach, uh, Coach Malzahn's done a great job of putting together a really good staff. You know, these guys, uh, they know what it takes to be a college coach. And um, from Kareem Reed, who's the next player, to, uh, you know, the whole staff, Coach Harris, Coach Kine, they all do a great job, and, and, and they're really welcoming. And uh, it was it was a great experience. Our kids loved it. You know, the, the one thing, you know, I don't think people realize is because well, of the COVID situation, college coaches have been on high school campuses for almost 18 months. You know, so we have kids – who last time college coaches saw them were 6'1", you know, 230 pounds, or now 6'4", 280 pounds. So, you know, we're trying to get our kids in front of college coaches as much as we can just to help our guys, you know, reach their goals of going on to the next level. Ryan, take us inside these camps from your perspective. What's, what's your goal with your kids when you attend a camp like this? So, you know, honestly, it's just try to just get them in front of college coaches that they can see who our best players are and, 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 you know, that they can start recruiting. You know, I've been blessed to have a, 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 a really good staff at Coco that, you know, I have a good office coordinator down Franco and a, a real good team coordinator, Matt Diesel. And I let those guys run pretty much what we're doing. I pretty much just walk around and, and talk to the college coaches and make sure they see who we feel like are our best kids, that, that they can, you know, you know, our running back, our receiver, our quarterback, you know, those are our guys, our, our linemen, our DBs, you know, these are the guys you guys need to be looking at as college coaches. So, you know, it, it's been a great experience. Um, our kids love it. It's awesome traveling around. And, and just not that, though. It, it's cool just to really get together with other high schools. You know, there's a lot of other high school coaches that I've never met before who I've wanted to meet, like the guy at Edgewater. I, I had a good long conversation with him yesterday. And um, it's just awesome getting together with these guys and really getting get to talk to them and, Pick your brains a little bit. Ryan, you've taken your team to UCF. You've also been to FSU and UF recently. What are your players' reactions? How, how do they feel about UCF compared to the other two schools? Um, in the same category. You know, UCF, the kids know who UCF is. Or, or who, I'm sorry, who UCF are. And um, the kids respond well to them. You know, it, it's there's no drop-off when we go to uh, UCF. UCF is, in, in their eyes, this is great as uh, uh, FSU, Miami, uh, uh, Florida. You know the kids. The kids are excited to be at UCF, and the kids. Uh, you know, it, it's been a good experience. Talk about these coaches that you're meeting uh, and the change that you see from the experience that you had with the camp this year to previously under Hypel. Yeah, you know, I mean, Hypel. Did a good job. I, I, there's a lot of coaches at Hypo staff I'm still friends with. You know, you get to know people and you build relationships. Um, you know, this this Malzahn seems like he's brought in a group of guys who who understand how to really build relationships and understand, you know, what it takes to get, you know, the best players at the school. You know, um, you know, I will say Coach Malzahn, I, I, I think I've had three real good long talks with him. And he is very open to ex-players. Um, 
you know, he, he, he's very, um, uh, you know, open just to high school coaches. Um, you can see why he's been successful everywhere he's been. You know, he, he's, he gets it. And, uh, you know, UCF Nation should feel really comfortable about who our head coach is. He, he, he's, you know, he, he's pretty damn good, you know. Right in the in these drills in these uh, in these camps, how how interactive are the coaches with your players? Are they are they giving coaching tips? Are they coaching them up, giving them pointers? How interactive is the staff with uh, with the high school guys? So so right now you have two different things. You have your individual camp. So it's an individual camp which we did last week. You know you have your O linemen, B linemen, receivers. You have your positional groups. So break up the positional groups. So you know our, our receivers are with the receiver coach the entire time doing drills. You know, today was a seven-on-seven, seven, which was, you know, all DBs and receivers. Everyone except for linemen competing against each other, playing against other high schools. So today, all the coaches at UCF were just floating around, much, you know, between games, looking at the kids. You know, it's pretty much just out there, you know, guys competing against each other. You know, we played uh, um, Homestead today, Edgewater, uh, um, West Orange. You know, we played a lot of really good high schools. And just competing each other, and you know, we turn around and Coach Balzon standing right behind us, watching our guys. You know, Coach Harris, you know, Coach Reed, all these, you know, all these uh, coaches are just standing there watching our guys, and really get to see how they compete, and just not how they compete, but how they handle adversity. You know, if the quarterback throws a pick or we have a drop, how the kids are going to handle it? Are they going to be able to keep on progressing and handle and and uh, and moving forward? Do you guys get time to actually walk around the campus, or is it kind of just get in, play the play a little bit, and get out? Um, it was at their facility. You know, we were in the stadium, in the indoor, and at the practice field, and we walked through the um, facility. So, you know, like the whole campus. Now, you know, we, I mean, every camp we've ever been to, we've we've never really walked the campus. You know, but it's mostly the facility that we're, that we're looking at. You said earlier that you've had a couple of conversations with Coach Melzon. How does he relate to you as a high school coach? That is a big part of his background. He likes to talk about his roots being as a high school coach. And he's he's a you know I think it's fifteen years high school coach. You know um, he knows the grind we go through. He knows the problems that we have. He knows what we do as high school coaches to try to get college coaches to recruit our kids. He understands the day in, day out as a high school coach. And I respect that. You know, it's it's a grind. Um, you know, he's had success everywhere he's been. Everywhere he's been. Um, it's just a really impressive guy to be around. Obviously, right now you are a successful high school football coach, and many people remember you, hopefully, as a successful quarterback at UCF. Take off your coaching hat for a second. Put on a UCF alum hat. Uh, how cool is it to walk around campus now, see all the new buildings, see all the new signage? As an alum, how much do, does that excite you, seeing where things are at now, now versus where they were when you were there? Yeah, man, they've, they've really done a great job of uh, updating things. You know, um, you know, first thing is I, I remember – you know, you walk into the facility and you have that glass wall of like bricks. And, you know, it was there. Now you walk in, they have a big, huge screen there that's constantly showing pictures. And it's just, it's sexier. It's nice. You know, it's updated. You know, you walk through the facility, everything looks clean and updated. And, and, and you can tell 
they do things in the mindset of we want to attract the best players to our school. And that's what you need. You know, as much as, much as you can be the greatest coach in the world, if you don't have the Jimmys and Joes, you're, you're going to, you know, it's going to be tough to win games. You know, Nick Saban's a great coach. He does a great job. But there's, you know, they recruit the best and they get the best players. And that's why they're successful. You know, I think Coach Malzahn is going to bring that same attitude, that same mindset here to uh, UCF. I saw recently they remodeled some of the uh, the football building. They put up some pictures, some classic games. Is there any Ryan Schneider fist pump picture laying around, some Alabama highlights, anything? <laughs> so, so this is what I told Coach Malzahn is, you know, I saw Bortles and uh, Murray did the uh, 500000 donation, right? I told him I don't have that. I can't, you know, I just – you know, financially, I don't have that. But I'll give 500 bucks to have, like, a bathroom stall, a toilet. <laughs> and, all I want. All I want. You know, but no, there's this. You know, it, it's, 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 I'm a little bit too old for, uh, for pictures up in the facility. They, they're, they're, they got the good, you know, the good pictures, the, the good looking uniforms on, not the, the old crappy uniforms we used to wear. <laughs> A couple of weeks back on this show, we had Carlos McCants, who's new to UCF, heading up Varsity Knights. What's been your experience uh, with the Varsity Knights and how they welcome back players? Do you see a change? I know he's still new in the position, but a new regime. But what are you sensing about the way they're welcoming back former players? I'm, uh, you know, I haven't really dealt with them that much. You know, um, you know, Kareem reads the next player that I deal with all the time. You know, that's that's my guy. I'm dealing with. You know, but but I will say the entire staff and everyone there has been very open to all ex players coming back. You know, and and, and, and even one of my conversations with uh, Coach Malzahn was, you know, what any suggestions I had to um, really, you know, welcoming back old players. You know, and you know, so yeah, I haven't really dealt with him that much. All right, Ryan, let's be honest for a second. We're all old men on this show here tonight. I have no idea what high school kids are looking for these days. You're closer to them, obviously. You're there with them every day. What are high school kids looking for today in terms of uh, school? Is it is it playing time? Is it facilities? Is it brand recognition? What are your kids talking about? What are the priorities for them when they're thinking about schools now? My guys, it's mostly um, someone they're comfortable with, you know, someone they can trust. You know, and that doesn't just mean, you know, baby. Our kids are, you know, our Coco kids are tough. You know, they're, 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 there's nothing soft about Coco. And sometimes a little, uh, you know, tough love is what they need. Um, you know, so, so our, in my opinion, our kids, my, my kids at Coco, their biggest thing is they, they, they want to go somewhere where they can trust the coaches and they know that the coaches will do everything they can to help them become the best player they can be. Before Mackenzie Milton got hurt, I think he was on pace. He was going to break some of your records there. Right now, we got Dylan Gabriel. He's looked like he, if he sticks around for two more years, you, your record might be in danger. How do you feel about that? Uh, he, needs to <laughs> leave, he needs to leave for the draft next year. It was funny. Um, so, you know, I guess Milton, or not, uh, Milton Gabriel broke the most yards in a, in a game last year, which is my record. And I was like, man. Record lasted, you know, almost 20 years. That's pretty damn good. I mean, you know, hey, it is what it is. <laughs> Back to your kids. What do you think of the group that you brought? What do you think their prospects are for, for college uh, scholarships? Uh, yeah. Who are the standouts in the group that you brought out to UCF that we might hear from in the future? 
you know, Jamari Robinson is a kid, a receiver that UCF's offered. He's had a great day today. Um, our quarterback, Devin Widener, is another kid who, you know, the coaches really like. It's just a numbers game with him. You know, that's that's one thing, like, I don't think people realize. And let's just talk about that real quick. Is, you know, schools have, I think, what, 85 scholarships, right? So the NCA, because of COVID, decided to announce last year what the count. So you usually get your seniors leaving, which are going to open up about 20 to 30 scholarships. Now they didn't leave. So schools are really struggling right now, you know, um, numbers-wise, on the recruiting class. You know, I've talked to I've talked to a school in state where they said they might sign only six kids. You know, so just recruiting-wise, it's been a crazy year. We have an excellent quarterback who I think UCF likes. It's just numbers-wise, I don't know if they're going to be able to take him. You know, um, but we have some good football players. You know, uh, Tim Passmore, two tackles, excellent. Lenar Tony, we have an excellent offensive lineman. Uh, Malik Lewis is a, is a really uh, a good DB. Uh, young kids, um, you know, Darian Walker, Lauren Ward, uh, Xavier Holmes are all young kids. Are and, and, and the big thing for me and this alumni as next player is those kids really responded well. And we're really interested in, in what UCF is selling right now. Oh, that's good to hear. Obviously, Ryan, one of the other things in the news the last couple of months is this new name, image, and likeness rule that goes into effect July 1, where college students will be able to profit off their name, image, and likeness. How much are, are high school kids, how much are your team, how much are players talking about, or even do they even know what that is? Is that important to no. them? No, they don't care. At least my kids don't. You know, they're, they're worried about what they can do you know, to, to get out of their situations. You know, in Coco, we are a, uh, it's a rough area of Coco. You know, our kids talk all the time, let's change the, uh, the image of, of who we are and what we're doing. You know, let's make sure we are, you know, respect, you know, we're respectful, we're responsible, and we do the right thing. So our kids are really just, they don't care right now. They're just worried. They just want to go to the school that's going to help them you know, get their college degree and, and help change their the, the prospect of their family. When we were our guest on our show a couple of years ago, we you used to call out um, Kyle Israel and said you could beat him in a foot race. Remember that? Um, no, <laughs> he's, been, he's been ducking me the whole time. You know, right. Well, I think we found a new right. event. We've been talking about celebrity boxing this week. I got you among XUCF quarterbacks. Oh. You're one of the top seeds. Which quarterback 100%. can you take out? And what, boxing? Yeah, boxing. All of them. All, All what about Dante? Uh, Dante's a good guy. We wouldn't even box. <laughs> we, would just, we would just hug each other. We would just hug each other. <laughs> that would be a draw. I'd be like, yeah, no, we're good. But the rest of them, they don't want that smoke. <laughs> uh, Mike, you're big on the celebrity boxing thing. Let us wrap up with this. Ryan, did we leave anything off your notes? Are there any good scribbles there that we didn't uh, touch no, on I that mean, you can no, share? I just want to say hi to Lori. You know, that's important for me to say hi to Lori. And, um, you know, this, you know, if I'm, if I'm being honest, talking about Coco real quick, is, you know, in, in the last week, we've been to Florida State, Florida, and UCF. And as a UCF player or ex-player, UCF is in that same category with those other two schools when it comes to high school kids. They've done an unbelievable job branding itself and, and, and really setting things up that, you know, it's impressive walking around that campus. Now, I'm extremely proud of our kids in that time span. We've gone uh, 
uh, 19 and four and won the, the Florida seven on seven championship. Um, and, and, you know, as an ex player, you know, we should be really excited for what uh, coach Malzahn is doing and, and the staff he has built. It, it's going to be just not a bright future this year, but I think for years to come and, um, you know, guys, just just jump on board because you know we're, we're moving in the right direction and, and, and things are really happening, and um, it's an exciting time right now to be a knight. Ryan Schneider, former UCF quarterback, thanks for joining us on the Sons of UCF Live, and good luck in your upcoming season in the fall. Thank you so much. Whenever you guys want me, I'm there. Thanks, Schneider. Thanks, Ryan. Yes, sir. Yep. Uh, interesting stuff from Ryan Schneider. Not so much interest in name, image, and likeness, but I like to hear what he says that uh, UCF on par with the other schools that he's visited. Yeah, I mean, this is the Gus effect. I think we, we talked about this a few shows back. We talk about this all the time. He, he's a name and he gets on, you know, he gets kids on campus. They, they know the name, they recognize him, they know what he's about, you know, they know the pedigree. And uh, it's good to see, you know, uh, you know, college, you know, college age kids, you know, that are buying into that from a recruiting perspective. Um, and, and obviously Schneider, uh, you know, being an alum, I think it pays uh, pays big dividends. And I think his his you know his work here is even more weight because he's even probably more invested in the school than, than a lot of other coaches would be. And for him to to come back and, and talk about how proud he is of it, um, I think you got to feel good if you're a Knight fan. Schneider is a good fan, man. I, I've, I've had the pleasure of knowing him for a long time, and he was at the Boca Bowl with us recently, right? I've, I've been to other games with him. He he really does love UCF and. Yeah, I would love to see him put the gloves on and take on Kyle Israel. We're going to set that up at there our go again with the box. Is that the undercard <laughs> to the Trace Elo match, or what's going yeah, on? Yeah, Trace and Elo. I I heard that and I'm like <laughs> just shaking my head. And I'm sorry, I misquoted it as celebrity death match. You did say uh, boxing. I, I took it to another level there. By the way, <laughs> Elo would be scrappy, but I like my chances. Ah, uh, here we go. <laughs> this is like when you trash talk me before the 5K, and then when I take time to it. Let's let's set it up. Let's do it. I think we finished. Weren't we a second behind? I think we're the actual. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, yeah, I remember that. I remember those numbers that Jan Britt and I. Elo's watching right now. He just commented, so maybe he wants to get in on the trash talking here. <laughs> well, while you guys ponder that, I think one of the things that 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 Schneider said that I want to get back to that's interesting is um, not underestimating from a coaching perspective how important a guy like Kareem Reed has been. So he's the director of recruiting, obviously a, a UCF alum, high school coach in South Florida, went to Atlanta, was a high school coach up there, connects very well with high school coaches. Obviously, he can speak that language. I think not only did Gus find good coaches, I think he was really strategic about his his coaching hires and staff hires. And I think you're seeing a guy like Kareem Reed uh, will hopefully pay uh, big dividends for UCF this year and in years to come, particularly with his ties to Florida, with his UCF ties, uh, and obviously his uh, his high school background. Florida and Georgia ties, like you mentioned, those are two huge states that we've always recruited heavily. So, I mean, very good place to have uh, connections. By this time in the sports year, we're typically through with sports, even with the busy spring, but track and field continues. And though she might be slower than UCF Mike in a 5K, congratulations to freshman, redshirt freshman, Renaya Jones, finished second in the 100 meter hurdles in the NCAA championship earning All-American honors uh, last weekend in Eugene, Oregon. Her counterpart freshman, uh, Ashera Collins, finished 23rd in the triple jump and also earned honorable mention All-American honors. Uh, we have soundbite now from the two of them, fresh off that meet in Eugene. And I'll tell you what, they say, as freshmen, this is just the beginning. I'm going to be here again. So this is just experience for me. 
um, I know next year coming out here, whether I'm going to Oregon again or Texas, that I'm going to make finals and I'm going to continue making podium finishes. Definitely coming here next year and just staying focused, keeping my head in the game was a good takeaway that I got from this meet. They are very confident. Uh, Renaya remains out in Eugene, Oregon. Olympic qualifiers this weekend. Uh, she'll participate on Saturday. And when you think of what the impact of COVID has had on the program, head coach Dana Boone says, uh, you know, it's amazing what they've been able to accomplish. Season. That's one of the things that people um, forget about these two young ladies. We didn't have an indoor season. We didn't have an indoor conference. We had two meets. That's all we competed in. And uh, that was it. So we didn't have the, the two months of preparation before the outdoor season to get ready for this outdoor season. Amazing, really, right? They don't have the normal preparation. And uh, it, it was exciting to watch. Uh, they, they did a, a great job out in Eugene. Yeah, I just think it's cool. Obviously, the Summer Olympics coming up. And yeah, typically, when these things come around, you know, we get we all get draped in the flag. Uh, and to have a UCF uh, name in the mix, somebody who potentially could could crack that and, and get into the Olympics, uh, that would be just a fantastic summer uh, to not only have, you know, uh, you know, a country to root for in some respects, but also have a, a night to root for. Uh, that would be awesome. Yeah, we've had Dahlhauser win some gold medals. And how cool would it be to see Renaya get out there and compete with the world's best and bring home another one? And if not now, you know, the future is very bright for her. And uh, I love her confidence uh, a lot. So track and field continues. And we wrap up grades of the five remaining women's sports. This is a question that was posed to us a couple of weeks ago in the mailbag from at UCF1 Big Ohana Eric, who I banter back and forth with uh, direct messaging. Uh, gentlemen. Women's soccer, probably the struggle the most with the impacts of COVID. Two, four, and one trace, winless in their last five matches. Obviously, one of those being a tie. Uh, I'm going to go with a C. Give it a D. Two, Ooh. four, and one is just not acceptable. Um, bottom half of the standings, not acceptable. Uh, we got to have some kind of standards around here. If you want a C, <laughs> you got to have at least a 500 record, right? It's just such a small sample size. That's the that's the challenge, right? Only playing a handful of matches, and they, they lost players because of COVID. Who postponed? So, what about all the teams they played? None of those teams lost any players. No, nope. no, they didn't. Just to clarify, by the way, the standards that have got to be kept up around here apply to the athletes, not necessarily for the participants in this show. Is that a? Yeah. Is that a? Or are the standards high as well? <laughs> hey, I give uh, myself a D also. So what do you want me to talk? I'll go C minus because I cannot grade any COVID era sport with a subpar grade. So a C minus. Softball, you know, they took Florida State to the brink up in the Tallahassee Regional Florida State, who would go deep in the NCAA tournament. I give them an A. I'll start first. Give them an A. 41-19 in one trace. They lost in the AAC championship game. Did get to the regional where they uh, lost as well. Beat number five, Florida twice. Beat number two, Arizona once. Um, I think Mike set the rule up last week that you have to win the, the conference or some sort of a championship to get an A. Um, I'm going to throw the rule book out here. I'm going to go A- minus because I felt like this team had legs to do a little bit more. Uh, so even though they, they got where they got and, and it certainly was an exciting season, I will, I will mark them down just to, just to click. Um, simply because I think there was more that they could have done. I'm going B plus. I got to stick to my standards here. Very good mm. season. Very good wins in the season. But let's face it, crunch time came. Wichita State had our number. We couldn't beat them in the regular season. We couldn't beat them when it counted in the championship game. Then we get to the the regionals and it's we get out in the first round. Um, B plus is as high as I can go for that team. 
B plus harsh. Your dog, crazy. your dog even disagrees with you. I, I heard the dog <laughs> vehemently disagrees with you. Grades have gone background. to the dogs, uh, Mike. Uh, tennis, Adam, roll off the stats. Tennis with a good season. Glad you asked, Trace. 20 and 5. They won the AAC, lost in the Sweet 16. So, by Mike Standards, this seems to be a favorable, uh, favorable year. I'll give them an A. Not going to lie, didn't uh, partake in a ton of women's tennis, but, uh, you know, obviously the record speaks for itself. So, I'll give them the, uh, the A, as we learned from Gus Malzahn. That's right. You win the conference, you get an A. They made it to all the way to the Sweet 16. It's almost as far as any other of our teams have made it. So, I got to go with an A. If they had won a national championship, you get the A plus, but you know, you gotta have some room there. But wow. Very good. Standard. Wow. Standard. Gotta win a national championship to get an A plus. Uh, I'll go A plus on tennis. I, I don't subscribe to Mike's grade scale, so I'm gonna give him an A plus on that. Track and field, obviously continuing uh, to some extent now with Renaya and the Olympic qualifiers. What about track and field? I don't know how to how to grade there, right? Because you look at Renaya alone specifically, and obviously she's had an A plus type season, right? Uh, and then the, the the rest of the team obviously has different individual events. Uh, I, I, uh, give me an A just because I don't really know what else to do. I'll, I'll give uh, maybe I'll give them a B, but I think Renaya is kind of a cheat code, so I'll give them a, I'll give them an, maybe an A minus because I don't think they won a major uh, a major invitational this year. And uh, if we get to the Olympics, I'll give her an A plus plus. How's that? I actually wrote down A plus because of Renaya. Wow. Number two, right, in the country. She, she's been fantastic. If she makes the Olympics, how could you not give an A-plus? And also Ashira Collins. I mean, she, she went pretty far, too, making it all the way to Oregon. So good season for the two of them. I will give uh, track and field an A, volleyball. 16-2, and two, Trace. They won the AAC championship, lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament. And what I think was a bit of a surprise, I think we felt this team had a little bit more uh, to, to give tournament-wise, uh, but they did win the AAC, so I will go A-. 16-2 and two is a pretty darn good record. Yeah, I agree. A-, minus. winning the conference gets you that A. A little disappointed in what happened in the postseason. We went in with some pretty high expectations, and I think we got beat soundly in that uh, playoff round, didn't we? Uh, lost to uh, high point three two, right? Wasn't it three two? I'm not sure that was soundly. Yeah. It was a low point for us. I don't know. Gotcha. All right. Took in a lot of questions in the uh, Sons of UCF mailbag this week. Wanted to try something a little bit different with one of my favorite followers on uh, Twitter. Follows on Twitter. He is at two letters, two words. Robert, an audio uh, question here. Robert, thanks for hopping on the Sons of UCF live with the first question in this week's Sons of UCF Mailbag. Fire away, sir. What do you got? Honored to have the first question. Um, you know, we've always talked about, uh, all of UCF fans have talked about getting into a bigger conference. And then the question is, you know, is the, um, you know, what, how do the, how do the, uh, those conferences view us from a value standpoint? And with the playoff expansion, I wonder if that changes the tolerance or desire for changing conferences. From Adam, you go sides. first. Yeah, so I think the the question is a good one, and the answer is probably one simple word, Robert, and that's money. Uh, so now the access is probably a little bit easier than it's ever been, but you, we can't turn down a $40 million type style check. I mean, we're, we're ecstatic when we get that from Mackenzie Scott and a donation. Mike's point earlier was the SEC gets that for having Vanderbilt and Kentucky on at seven o'clock on a Saturday on ESPN two. Right. So I think if we can get 
uh, that type of check, I think that's the reason you don't turn it down. Now, does it give us the opportunity to be a little bit more selective? And, you know, if there's a, a conference that we're not comfortable with or we don't like where we are, could we maybe play hardball? Maybe. I think the access there, but I, I don't think we can turn down that money. Yeah, if yeah, given I, the opportunity, UCF will take the money. But as a fan, I mean, I'm not getting that money. I want to see my team in the playoffs every year. If being in the American guarantees me that every season, uh, selfishly, I'd rather take that. But I know that's the wrong answer, and it's not what would happen. But I, I would die to see if the Cows made the playoffs every year and we were stuck in the what? in the Big 12 not making Whoa, it. Hey. Driving- what did you just say? Whoa. <laughs> Although, I, you know, I think, Mike, you could kind of meld those two points. Because I think maybe the timing is important. If we put it off and we play a little bit of hardball and we're in the playoffs every year consistently and winning a couple of rounds every year, um, then our perceived value uh, and the perception of the program has to go up, making us more valuable and giving us a better position. That's right. Maybe instead of the Big 12 coming knocking, maybe the ACC comes around and knocks on our door. Heck, maybe the SEC. If we, if we go into the playoff and we beat Auburn a couple times, we beat the Gators up, who knows? Maybe the Gators won't have as much say to keep us out. There's the wild speculation. Let me turn a, a question around on you, Robert. Uh, right before uh, this announcement of proposed changes to the college football playoff, we were having that typical summer speculation of with the AAC expand, Boise State, you know the names. Do you think this has tapped the brakes on this a little bit, that maybe they're comfortable going with eleven? Well, I think there's a time limit on 11. Um, And, uh, you know, yeah, I think they're going to be comfortable as long as they let them do it. Um, At at some point, I think that the the committee is going to have to come up with a criteria for determining how you uh, legitimately crown your conference champion. Um, Because, you know, people are already talking about getting away from you know championship games so that you can possibly get to it two teams in um so I, you know i think it's gonna that kind of stuff's gonna have to kind of depend on, on how this uh this recommendation becomes policy eventually let's keep you on for one more question uh, you get to play in this round at by ca simmons asking as you would expect from christian who's very into the ucf uniform scene what was the best uniform combo worn by a recruit that you've seen i'm just going to say anything space related they have really glommed on to anything uh space related yeah i'm 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 with you on the space thing especially the moon helmet put that moon helmet on anybody it takes you to the moon I'm going to go old guy in the uh, on the lawn situation. I'm going to go I like when we do the traditional like black and gold concepts, right? Because everybody likes the flashy uniforms and those get a lot of eyeballs. But if you tell me a kid who will wear just a plain old black and gold uniform, that's a night through and through, Robert. You've seen too many games where all we had were two jersey colors, two pant colors and one helmet color. So we get a guy who's willing to go throwback style and, and embraces that. There's a there's a sweet spot for that in my heart. I get why they want to wear the cool stuff. I would want to do it too. But as, as as the old guy, I, I, I kind of get a little bit of a sentimental cheer whenever I see someone willing to kind of take it a little old school and go strict black and gold. Love that. Bring back the old gold jerseys, the Kevin Smith era, right? That, mm. One day that's going to come <laughs> back and it's going to be popular again. It's not, maybe not now, maybe 10 years down the road. <laughs> Mark my words. 
Uh, Who's marking this? Is anybody yeah. marking this down? <laughs> keeping keeping track of that. Uh, Robert, I'll let you know I booked my uh, Southwest flight to Dallas for the SMU weekend. If I don't see you before then, I will hope to see you uh, in Dallas for that. And uh, I know you'll be at games uh, road and home. Uh, what's the what's the tailgate spread you're thinking of for your next UCF home game? Um, well, you know, because I'm flying from Dallas, uh, you know, I can't do too much in terms of, of tailgate, you know, on scene. Um, so uh, I, I kind of just, you know, uh, make myself home at others. How about put it that way? But well, when we're when we're in Dallas, is there, is there some brisket? Uh, oh, what's, oh yeah, I'm, uh, we're, we're going to do a party in Dallas, and I expect all of my Twitter friends to be there, especially you three. Ah, uh, there we go. Road there trip, we go. road. We're doing a road trip, a remote. Beef ribs and uh, everything Texas. All right, Mike, pack the signs. Let's go. All bigger in Texas. He is at two letters, two words. Robert, thanks for being the guinea pig on this uh, son's mailbag uh, live remote. Honored, sir. Honored. Thanks, Robert. We appreciate you. Thanks much. Let's continue on with the mailbag. Our friend, Brian W. Peterson, playing off of Christian's comment about uniform combos, asking, uh, does UCF's recruiting – seemingly use the heavy use of the space games space game uniforms for recruiting photos does he think he thinks does it indicate a shift to citronauts i think this is influenced by jp gilbert (laughs) um look i i said this on the show this week mike and i did our big three of reasons to come to ucf and my top reason was ucf's innovation and creativity and i think uniforms are a space where they have no pun intended actually where they have um, they've really dominated i think they've won uniform of the year in the uni swag poll the last like two or three years um so i think they they will probably continue to try to find ways to weave in some of these things but i think the citronaut is cool because it's not a full-time thing, right? It's a, it's a one-time deal. It's a, it's a cool opportunity. If you wear the same helmet every week, then it doesn't become cool anymore. I think that's the way the kids think about it. So do I think that there's more opportunities to integrate this stuff and to, to sort of be a unique uniform set at times? I do. Do I think it's going to be our full-time set? Probably not. But if you want to break out the old, you know, Citronaut style uniforms with the, you know, the, the kazoo looking you know, green guy with the helmet on or whatever. I'm in for that. But um, I, I think it's, you know, I don't know that it can be a full-time gig. I don't know if UCF is pushing this uniform on all the recruits that come here. I think they give them options and all these kids are choosing the space uniform over the other ones. Um, I, I don't know what to tell you. Maybe once they start seeing old guys wear it, maybe if we start wearing the Citronaut stuff, it's not cool anymore. Kind of like when Belding put on the buddy bands and, you know, how defective is Belding's wearing one. Uh, other than that, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> did, did anybody else pick up that save by the bell drop, Mike had, or no? Just me? Okay. Um, uh, it's cool for now. With your kids, if you focus grouped the Citronaut, and if not, will you, and report back to us next week, what, what is their opinion? You've got a mix of ages there. What, what are my, their opinions of the Citronaut? My kids love Nitro. I don't know. I don't think they even know what the Citronaut is. I think they've seen me with a couple of Citronaut shirts. That, but they never really bring it up. I, there are big Nitro fans. And today's mascot day, by the way. Happy yeah, mascot my, day to Nitro. Yeah, my daughter, the 13-year-old, doesn't understand anything. So she's just like, it, it all sucks. Uh, my little guy, he's about to be nine. He's a little bit more into it. He's a little more confused. He's got a lot of questions. Wait, why are they the Knights? This guy's orange. I don't understand that kind of stuff. So I have to explain that to him. Um, I think he actually has a Citronaut shirt. I have to fact check that. Um, but I don't know that it really matters. 
but it's interesting we asked we asked ryan schneider sorry trace we asked schneider kind of the whole you know that whole concept and again from his kid specifically at coco his answer was basically like they don't care what they wear they don't care what they wear where they play at they just want to play now i don't know how many kids are in that same vein but that 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 was an interesting answer to give that you know we're over here thinking that uniforms make a big deal and name image and likeness and schneider basically said like no one talks about that uh, so maybe well, name, we name, make name, image, more and likeness. Name, image, and likeness. But they still like bells and whistles. I mean, he talked about the new look in the uh, in the field house and uh, you know the recruiting areas. So there's still some of that bells and whistles. At Sublime underscore Knight, if you could add one question to the screening process for forming the new playoff selection committee, what is it? I think that's a tough. That's a tough question right there. Is it something involving tank tops, Mike? I asked what their views are on UCF's national title claim in 2017. Do they think that's a legitimate claim? If they say it's not legitimate right away, they're out. They're out. They're out. Not considered anymore. Yeah, I don't even really know. What are the current questions? Does anybody know? No. No. <laughs> How much money do you donate to the SEC? <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think what's interesting is um, – from a committee standpoint, and I don't know if this is a committee-based question, but I, what'll be interesting is to see how the committee changes their rankings five through twelve. Because frankly, it just didn't matter before, right? Like I guess five and six mattered a little bit, but seven through twelve, who really cared? I feel like they just kind of you know drew straws. You know, are you going to see a you know a, a nine and three Arizona get the twelve seed uh, over Arizona, you know Arizona, Arizona State. State? Yes, not over Arizona like State. a ten and one Boise or something. I, I think that'll be interesting to see. Uh, I think Mike's right. The question will be how much money uh, do you guys bring to us at uh, black gold underscore ed if you were in charge of the lobby's video board in the football building what would you put on it that one would 100 percent lock in a recruit this is a tough one i know um you know obviously the video board i think being repurposed is uh, is a fantastic idea um i think um, I think you got to go with a, with a highlight would be my guess um, that you'd want to go with. Uh, maybe the Mackenzie Milton touchdowns, uh, you know, maybe a, maybe a Dante highlight, um, you know, maybe some of the, you know, maybe one of these Dante, you know, situations. Um, so I think you go, you go big time highlight, but I think Mike has, uh, Mike has a really good answer for this one. My original answer would have been that this place video that the UCF put out, it's about a three minute clip. It has highlights like you're talking about all throughout UCF history. But sometimes you just got to do a little negative recruiting, right? And one of my favorites is getting on the cows. And Adam's got the clip right here. I mean, you bring in a recruit. You see, this is what it's like if you go over to South Florida. And these are the fans that are going to be sitting in the stands rooting for you. Look, booger eaters. Yeah, yeah. Right in the, look at Straight in the nose. Dig all the way in there. Right? Oh, well, well, look. That looks like a nice little snack. And then, boom, right in the mouth. Uh, this is a disgusting group of people. Freeze it. We don't, there it we is. don't need oh. to see No. Oh, hello. It's a family show. <laughs> Lunch. Goodness sakes. I always feel like body paint's a terrible idea. By the way, why do people work. try for? Yeah, why do people try that? I don't, body paint's a terrible idea. Mike, I feel like you you've done body paint at some point. No. No, I never have actually. Yeah. Okay. Mm, well, if you did, would you, would you, would you tape? Uh, would you paint in a, uh, a tank top type shape? Is that what we do? <laughs> you gotta support the team. Like uh, putty. <laughs> <laughs> Good Seinfeld reference there. I would say that with all of the video technology that the plays we see, say Mackenzie Milton's, you know, all of his famous plays, I would take the quarterback recruits and I would superimpose their face on his body. And I would give them that idea that that will be them making those sorts of plays one day. And I think they have the technology to do that. You probably have to so, pay Mackenzie for that. That's probably name, image, and likeness violation. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, two more weeks. 
Two more weeks, they don't have to. Uh, at Mike WEI55, he's referencing Mike Oresco talking about the AAC possibly not needing the same urgency to expand uh, at 11. What, what do you think? We talked on it a little bit with Robert. Do you think this uh, backs off the, uh, uh, the need to bring in a Boise? Uh, I think it depends on the NCAA. I, I trust the NCAA to make good decisions as much as I trust Mike to grow a full beard. It's just not going to happen. So I think the challenge becomes, at what point does the NCAA come up with some random rule that you have to have 12 teams to get in one of these automatic spots? I think Oresco can say for now he wants to stand pat. Um, what I hope he doesn't do is go and rush and like say, let's bring Colorado State into the mix just because he wants to add a 12 team. Hopefully he has the ability to be selective now. Uh, but I don't know how much he'll get to dictate versus, again, I trust the NCAA very little to come up with some random rule that will expunge a team who's in this conference because we don't have the required number of members or some nonsense. So um, I think for now, stand pat, but I wouldn't be surprised if his hand's not forced just because the NCAA uh, can't be trusted. Well, we're already working on some kind of waiver right now where we can play this thing with only 11. I think technically you're supposed to have either an even amount or I don't know if the, the number is 12, but it's supposed to be balanced with divisions in, a in order to have a championship game. And so far we're getting away with it for a couple of years. That may not last long. And especially if it comes down to getting one of these playoff spots, I, I don't trust the NCAA at all. I say instead of that Boise, kick out Tulsa. Nobody wants to go there. They're a problem for UCF then that'll be even at 10. Let's end with buddy Jim Hadaway. He says, isn't it time to stop being nice and recognize that Ginger is way hotter than Marianne? Ginger versus Marianne. That's our final question in this week's Suns Mailbag. Uh, shameful admission. Uh, never seen a Gilligan's Island episode. I have no idea. Really? Really? Yeah. You know who they are, though. I did not enough. Yeah, not enough to have done any research here. So shameful admission. I don't know. Uh, I Jim Hadaway seems like he's a pretty straight shooting guy. I feel like he's got a good solid head in his shoulders, a really good beard. Um, so I believe him if he's saying that Ginger's hotter. I don't have no reason to doubt Jim. I actually never watched Gilligan's Island either. <laughs> when I saw the question, I I googled some pictures yesterday okay. of the two. Uh, you know, I I could see the attraction to Marianne. She's a very very attractive girl. <laughs> I think. Ginger, long term, held it held it together a little longer. I know they're both like in the, probably their eighties, if even still alive. Marianne, the actress that played Marianne, recently passed away, but Ginger's uh, in her upper eighties. Right. Uh, yeah, next time, Jim, get us get a you know Kelly Kapowski question. I think it's more up our alley. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, which one? The, let's ask Adam because he's a big fan. Which nine hundred two one zero girl? Who's your favorite? Uh, which, uh, are we, uh, so we bring it in, we bring him back. Brenda, Damn. we keep in Valerie involved. I'm going to go, <laughs> listen, I'm going to go season nine, season 10. Uh, we brought in, uh, Donna's cousin, Gina. I think actually Gina may, may, may take that one for me. That's right. She's good. And you mentioned Kelly Kapowski. She was on there too. She was on Valerie. But she, she bulked up for the winter in some of those <laughs> season six, season seven. I think she was hitting the, hitting the HGH. Uh, all right. Thank you. Uh, I go with Marianne. I have no particular opinion on Beverly Hills. I'm familiar with it. Didn't watch much of it. Uh, yeah, and saw a little of the reboot. So. Gilligan's Island was all See, in black and white. This is why I love. This is why I love Mario. Mario knows what he's talking about. <laughs> if I could, Mario, I'd send you a second ad. Fun fact: uh, uh, Brian Austin Green, David Silver married her. They have a kid together. Then they got divorced. <laughs> and then he married Megan Fox. And Brian Austin Green, surprisingly, not doing bad for himself. I told you he knew his 90210 stuff. Maybe Mike needs to get Brian Austin Green a hat. There needs to be a celebrity that dons one of these hats. You know what I'm really upset? 
Schneider has one. He's worn it before. I'm surprised. And I was expecting it to be on his head tonight, and it was not. Yeah, I chose not to wear my Schneider jersey just because of that. Too. Good call. <laughs> I, I put a Dante just to rub it in. I went with Dante. <laughs> you you pre retaliated. You knew he went from the hat, so you retaliated. <laughs> yes. Uh, a uh, all new Sons of UCF pod this week. No, from the vault guests, a brand new guest. One Ronnie Weaver episode one thirty six. Ronnie Weaver Jr., uh, just a good story. I mean, I don't know if folks remember. He kind of gets lost in that three-headed monster running back shuffle that we had for a while there with Latavius Murray, Brent Harvey. Uh, what's funny is if you look at the stats, each of them really had like their season where they were the you know the, the bell uh, the bell cow back for whatever reason. Uh, but you, you got to love a story. Walk-on guy. We kind of asked him, hey, there was a couple seasons, a couple years, a couple games. You didn't play much. Like, what happened there? And he was like, that's what the team needed. That's what I had to do. Special teams, that's what they asked me to do. Um, so you you got to love and respect a guy who uh, was just a, a true knight through and through. Uh, so it was good to catch up with him. Uh, he, again, he, he might have had the most uh, eye-popping statistical years of UCF, but he was a big part of uh, some of those teams, particularly that 2010 team. I think he was the leading rusher that year um, outside of Godfrey. So it was good to have him on the show. Yeah, maybe a name that gets lost with Latavius Murray there. And even Brent Harvey would put up over 1,000 yards. But you're right, 2010 was the best season in that era, and he was the main guy. Eric Lopez, very prolific with the comments during tonight's show. Yeah. The, you know, young, uh, Kelly, uh, young Kelly was a good option, Elo. I'm not going to lie to you there. Uh, but, you know, to, I don't know. Yeah, towards the end, I'm not sure what happened there. Uh, you can find the uh, Ronnie Weaver interview wherever you get are we starting a, uh, content. Are we going to do a 90210 podcast? Is that where it's at? <laughs> I feel like you're ready. Elo, do you want to get in? I mean, let's let's just, you know, we'll, we'll offshoot here uh, two nights media at the 90210 uh, podcast. I was just about to plug two nightsmedia.com where you find things. Of course, uh, we appreciate your five star reviews. Mike's chomping at the bit to give away a hat again. So maybe a fresh review or three would be nice. Five stars only, please. And uh, we appreciate the uh, questions that came in in the mailbag. Really appreciate Ryan Schneider being prompt ahead of Mike and I in the queue and uh, waiting for us to, to be prepared for this show. And Robert for hopping on with us. I like that idea. Bring on a uh, different uh, viewer fan every week to, to throw us we have away. another co-host nelson's letting us know libby is in on the 90210 show so we may have <laughs> on the 90210 show or she wants to be one of our guest uh questioners i haven't heard from libby in a while I, yeah. so, yeah. I don't know who uh fast luck style is but he or she is in seems like there's an audience for this i mean we already do two nights a week it might have to be a third and by audience, no, that's show. five people <laughs> just so we're counting at home but i'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm all in Oh, guys. Well, count me out on that one, but you enjoy doing that show with Nelson and Libby and, and others. So Elo. I want to thank uh, Elo. I want to thank uh, – he's got nothing to do now. Softball's over. <laughs> he's, 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 he's got oh, it. Oh, oh, we're... Big fight that's coming up. Wow. That's right. Putting the gloves on in the parking lot at the Boise State game. Trace, Elo on the undercard. <laughs> Jeff Sharon, Brendan Helwig, main event, and maybe even Schneider versus Kyle Israel. All – Details will be coming to you soon. Is this in your $24,000 tailgate tent? $75 for a bag of chips. It's like a hospital stay is what you got planned over there. I'm only charging $15 for a 12-ounce Bud Light. So get ready. <laughs> Do a live remote of the 9020 podcast that is quickly gaining steam here in the chat. <laughs> Never know where these shows are going to go. I want to thank Robert. I want to thank uh, Ryan Schneider for being with us. And thank you for watching. Uh, Adam, Mike, as always, uh, a good time. 
Trace Rocco signing off for the Sons of UCF Live. Go Knights. Charge. Zahn. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.